Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Brady Tanner, featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> Hello, hello. We got there eventually, a little bit later than we usually start, but uh, a couple of technical issues today. Anyway, who cares? Let's move on. Let's have a great movies, movies, movies. Welcome, Jack and Andre, my film lords. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I've been to Canberra. Oh my God, Ooh. and that's why we're talking about Canberra today. So much Canberra today in the show. So much Canberra today in the show. A little bit later on, we're going to be meeting a Canberran film producer who's got two movies showing at the Sydney Film Festival. We would go as far as to say that she's the first Canberran producer to premiere two debut features. That's what we've been the saying. Sydney Film Festival. What an incredible title to hold. So we're going to be meeting her, and we're also giving away a double pass to, to a film of your choice. Any film. You guys, can you feel like fathom that? I'm sorry, I know I say it every single time, but for me as a film lord, I just could not even imagine getting a free ticket, a double pass to a Sydney Film Festival film and of my choice. just announced so many more films as well. You I can go do the check up. I want to do the announcement. Can I do the announcement? Okay. They just announced a string of new films at the Sydney Film Festival. Let's get excited about one. Unannounced Booksmart. What Voila. is that? You messaged me at like well, Sparrow's Fart this morning. I don't even know what it is. If you know anything about anything about cinema and you didn't like Lady Bird, you'll love Booksmart. It's the edgier <laughs> Lady Bird that has... I did like Lady Bird. Well, that's fine. You and the rest of the world. But if if you actually have a hint of cool in you, you'll love Booksmart. It's like Lady Bird meets The Hangover, which is actually what the world wants right now. There I said it. It's Olivia Wilde's debut feature. Starring Jonah Hill's sister. And let's be oh, honest, yes. Jonah Hill is so done. We are done with him. He's tried twice for an Oscar, didn't win it, and now we're waiting for his sister to go claim that prize. Was- I'm surprised you're not being a good French girl and talking about Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Woman on Fire. That's because I don't know what that is. All I know- <laughs> you do know what that is. Okay. You messaged me about it. Don't try and be cool okay, and cool Portrait of a Lady on Fire went off at Cannes, but I'm all about Booksmart, but what's happening now? Look, look, you can uh, you can go to any of these films you're hearing about. Just text in one con and one pro about our nation's capital, Canberra, to 0409 945 945. Let's find out what's happening in movie news around the world. Movie news. So, abortion laws. What have they got to do with Hollywood? Well, basically, there's been this slew of abortion laws being enacted kind of across the Bible Belt in America, and there's been new ones in Georgia, which is actually a bit of a hub for film production studios. Like, they just shot uh, the Infinity War trilogy of... uh, Marvel Universe films, whatever. It's where they've shot every single season of The Walking Dead. Basically, every Disney film is shot in Georgia these days, not in Hollywood. And basically, Disney, Netflix, Amazon, and Kristen Week are pulling out of shooting in the state, um, which is really cool, I think. But also, it makes me think about how it's a illegal in New South Wales. So maybe before you head your, to your writer's room today, if you're a filmmaker in New South Wales, maybe call your local MP and be like, wow, I feel really super uncomfortable making movies in a state where abortion is illegal. That's right, that's right. It's really galvanising the American movie world because so many films have been shot there. Black Panther. Georgia has so many huge acres of available land that they have as lots. And yeah. good tax breaks. But the heartbeat bill is preventing filmmakers from wanting to shoot there. I see, I see. Well, uh, tell me a little bit about Killing Eve, my favourite TV show at the moment. <laughs> okay. I'm so embarrassed. And everyone that. else. Brady and everyone else should get excited because people are saying that Sandra O, oh, lead actress in the hit Boo Boo Sweet TV show Killing Eve, is probably going to snag those Emmys and Golden Globes double feet this year. Last year, the Golden Globe, no, the Emmy Award went to. Claire Foy? 
Claire Foy for the Crown, and, yeah. the, and the Crown is not in season at the moment because they are currently transitioning into a new version of the Crown. And right, move aside the Crown. Move aside the Crown, and welcome in Sandra Oh, who will then make history as the first Asian American woman to win the lead acting drama award, which is very exciting for people who love Killing Eve, and for people who love Grey's Anatomy, and people who love culture. Dumb question: Is Jodie Comer uh, like up to win an award at the Emmys? She's British. Do you get to? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I feel like if you're British and you have money, you win awards at the Emmys. I don't know what Jodie Comer is. That's someone from Killing Eve. <laughs> oh. She, does she play the other person? Yes. <laughs> oh, you guys, I mess with her. She is so fucking outstanding. I love her. Honestly, people talk about Sandra Oro, but uh, name, name right there. She's my pick. Okay. Of those two. Of my favorite person on <laughs> Killing Whatever. Eve. Big fat liar. Sandra Oro forever. Um, All right. And uh, yeah, in uh, juicier news, tell me about Borat and Pamela Anderson. Okay. That's kind of, that segue is kind of gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, I didn't say juicier. I said anything else juicier. Anyway, whatever. Okay. It's finally been confirmed by everyone's favourite minstrel comedian, Sasha Baron Cohen, that thanks to Borat, Kid Rock stopped calling Pamela Anderson my wife. Apparently, the country rap artist was so enraged by her involvement in the controversial mockumentary that just three months after they tied the knot, he slut-shamed her so intensely that they decided to untie it and get a divorce. Pamela Anderson has gone on to be a powerful voice for animal rights and the Green New Deal and world peace, while Kid Rock went on to fight legal battles over a sex tape with the lead singer of Creed and argue with people over his right to display the Confederate flag at performances. Right. So just to revisit Borat, there's a scene that Pamela Anderson was involved with where Borat takes some sort of wedding sack over to her, shows her that, and then puts her in it. And apparently I was reading that the first time they filmed... (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What's wrong? No, it's just Just Borat. Yeah, the first time they filmed it, uh, nobody did anything when he when he kidnapped her. So they had to film it again and oh get people God. to actually react to Pamela Anderson. And like, also like everyone must know that she was in on the joke. Like yeah. this wasn't some horrible stunt. Like <laughs> she was in on the joke, and I think it just like goes to show that everyone in the room was like, "Fair enough, <laughs> she's gone." You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies. I'm joined by Jack and Andre, your weekly film lords, and they want to give you a double pass to any movie at the Sydney Film Festival that you want to see. All you have to do is text in one pro and one con about Canberra. What are your pros and cons? What are your pros and cons on Canberra? My pros and cons on Canberra? Yeah. Go ahead and ask the Canberran. Well, firstly, pro (laughs) is that it's the only place in the world that isn't Los Angeles that's actually Los Angeles. And con about Canberra is that I'm not there right now because it's calling my name. My pro is Yara Lumley. La Turkish Kebab House. Uh, suggestion from Andre and Con is uh, well, my friend put me onto this. It's the crusty, crunchy grass underfoot that uh, <laughs> makes it impossible to walk around without shoes on. <laughs> I love a crusty so grass, good. I think. I love crusty leaves. Let's go to a song, and when we come back, two reviews, and then we're talking to a Canberran filmmaker. Keep your text coming in to win that double pass. You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies. One, no, 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 two reviews, two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. reviews. Film Lord Andre, you're going to be going first for two reviews. Not reviewing a movie today, but a five-episode HBO TV series. Mini-series, that's right. Mini-series. Not starring Samantha Morton, which I wrote in the document. That was a joke. I was about to say that. But it's Chernobyl, and it's about the disaster from... Is it Russia? The joke is that it's Emily Watson, not Samantha Morton. But they're the same person in our books. I don't get it anyway, but uh, (laughs) let's take a listen to a clip from Chernobyl. The just world is a sane world. There was nothing sane about Chernobyl. 
Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Tell us a little bit about this one. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, so it's time to cut the armor force and get straight to the medication. Chernobyl is an HBO miniseries about the disaster explosion that poisoned Eastern Europe. And it's bland. As per usual, HBO takes the fucking high road with showing, by showing the events using a grey tone and naturalistic, convincing acting to water down what could have been an ecstatic and explosive event series. Going off with ideas, challenging visuals, or even suspense, but no. Heaven forbid they watch Stalker and get a hint of inspiration. Instead, it's just textbook film culture indoctrination. Everything must make sense. Everything must be realistic. Everything must be legible. This is what happens when people like Mike Lee and Nick Cave get budgets. Good to know that the cataclysmic, unforeseen, and historical disaster that was Chernobyl is being crucified in film history with a straight-laced, bossy miniseries that's basically passive-aggressive. What HBO has done here is dialed down Chernobyl, but why? It was so chaotic and so fun. What about the young aspiring gay boy dancers in Pripyat and their narrative? Two of the leads come from Lars von Trier's stardom, and I guess this just shows how little people want to work with auteurs. Where are the Wachowski siblings when you need them, JB? This show was made by Gemini's, I could tell what's happening. (laughs) I think there's just a difference between people who know how to listen to music on their own and people who know how to listen to music with other people, and you've got it so wrong in this case. Your review is a a disgrace to film criticism. (laughs) Whatever. I just think this movie is so fucking cool. There's a guy in Adelaide right now facing six life sentences for being a whistleblower because he, like, ratted out the tax office, and this film addresses, like, how governments can lie to the people and, like, make it really, really hard for dissent, and it's just, like, an allegory for our time and climate change and like the guy who directed it also directed Hung Up Madonna music video which is like the best music video for our time okay, I just I'm, think it's I'm amazing I'm coming around to Chernobyl now I it's... don't know it sounds like Lincoln to me there I said it the fourth <laughs> episode is some of the most shocking imagery I've ever seen and I don't know I just think it's like an absolutely delicious film and it's like you know a show and you know when you watch something that's like sometimes you can't watch hyperactive like poppy like clueless you need something that's like deeply sad and real mm. and slow and it like filled this like post election space for me of like okay yeah the world is fucked the world is fucked the world is fucked uh, I don't know I needed it okay so Chernobyl can you see it anywhere in Australia at the moment uh yes mega stream mega share video weed <laughs> uh, tv buzz <laughs> alright uh, and, and what would you give Chernobyl the new series in a word uh maybe leaking like the gas that's coming out of Chernobyl leaking? it's leaking yeah is there a word for like uh, we'll see if the producer yeah, Bree can spell that one for <laughs> us. Um, Jack, you are going to be reviewing Her Smell. Can we take a listen to a little clip from that? Becky's on there. She's a woman. She's a user. <laughs> a mother. She's a deadbeat. A person. A persona. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Her smell. Tell us about it. Get him to the Greek actress Elizabeth Moss is in another movie about a musician hitting rock bottom, but this time she's the star. Her smell, playing at the Sydney Film Festival this week, is to Courtney Love what Gus Van Sant's last days was to Kurt Cobain. It's Vox Lux, but without the makeup. Thank God Elizabeth Moss doesn't try to be cool in this. Our second favourite woke Scientologist plays the spiralling front woman as a manic narcissist genius rather than some poser, and the people around her remind us just how much we'll put up with for a good time. I was totally surprised by how good this film was, even with some of its kitschy elements. But somehow Alex Ross Perry finds like a half-weight mark between The Kindergarten Teacher and Climax, and without spoiling it, makes a more satisfying film than both of them. 
It isn't revolutionary, but it's better than the nihilist matricidal future we've been staring into with most recent auteur cinema. And even if it does follow Jill Soloway from Transparent's heroine's journey a little too closely, I'm with her smell. Yeah, and I think we need to also mention that Alex Ross Perry has a reputation for making, you know, Woody Allen-esque inner-city, urban, you know, penthouse-dwelling... White misogynistic White misogynistic, white people nonsense. But I was on board with this one. This didn't feel like it reeked of that as much. No, it, like, genuinely had me surprised. I had no idea where this film was going to go. And it's amazing because it's a two-hour film set in five locations, and they're long scenes. How would you describe the smell of her smell in a word? Mmm, ecstatic. Paranoid. There, we there go. you go. That was two reviews by Jack and Andre. You can check them out on the Instagram at movies underscore movies underscore movies underscore. We are just minutes away from giving away the double pass to the Sydney Film Festival. Any film of your choice, all you have to do is text in one pro and one con of Canberra. You do have to be a supporter of the station to win prizes on any of the shows. To do that, you go to fbiradio.com slash support. Let's take a look at some of the submissions so far. Serial fan and texter Cienzo, oh who we God, love, we've been waiting for your input. Says pro, sweet bones and amazing vegan cafe. Con, oh. no signal for FBI. Interesting. Sweet bones is the first place you took me to in Canberra. Funny that you say that because Canberra actually invented Wi-Fi and you can use Wi-Fi to stream FBI. So there we go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> there is Wi-Fi in Canberra, unlike my house. Uh, Canberra Pro is built inland and supposedly defensible from attack. Con, it's darn cold in winter. That's from Jamie in Darlington. Classic answer. Classic answer. And Shaz in Gladesville. Canberra Pro, lots of lovely cafes and funky little bars. Canberra Con. Too bloody cold. Can oh I say my gosh. pro real quick yeah, over Canberra? Ahead, my pro, I think, is like year eight camp and how hot and horny and kind of transformational that trip can be for a lot of Australians. Mm, yeah. Mm. Let, yeah. let that be an inspiration to the next text, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We have heaps more to get through and we're going to be announcing a winner. Remember, you do have to support the station to win that double pass to the Sydney Film Festival right after we come back from this song, Haram. Where were you on 9-11? And we're also going to meet Sophie Hatch. Hatch the Canberran film producer showing at the Sydney Film Festival this year. On Movies, 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 that was Haram. Where were you on 9-11 today for Sydney Spotlight? We are going to be hearing from a Canberran producer who has made two films. Uh, let's take a listen. For the three people in Sydney who haven't heard already, there are two films in this year's Sydney Film Festival by young local filmmakers, and you actually produced both of them. They are Suburban Wildlife and Sequin in a Blue Room. We're here with Sophie Hatch. Can you tell us what these films are about? Hello, yes. Uh, So both of them are kind of of coming-of-age films set at very different times in uh, a young person's life. So Suburban Wildlife is the story of four friends uh, after they graduate uni and they're kind of at the crossroads of what they're going to do with this next chapter of their lives. And Sequin in a Blue Room is about a 16-year-old boy uh, who's kind of coming of age in the world of dating apps and what that means kind of as a young queer person. It makes me think, I like that you use the word crossroads because that makes me think of another quintessential coming-of-age movie by with Britney Spears starring in it, Crossroads. Are there any similarities uh, between Suburban Wildlife and Crossroads? Um, we don't have a karaoke scene um, singing I Love Rock and Roll, unfortunately. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Um, behind we the scenes. Sorry, what's it like making a film like gay sex? That's we're going to go straight, straight to it. Straight into it. Secret in a blue room. So, oh, both of them have gay sex in them. They do. Yeah. yeah. Let's start with Sequin. Let's start with Sequin in a blue room. But specifically going into that, what were the what was prep like for that? 
Yeah, um, uh, for Sam, the director, it was a matter of having like lots of rehearsal time, getting the actors really comfortable with each other. And then on set, it was like 100% closed sets, you know, making sure that everyone's okay at all times um, and just like being really aware, especially because, you know, some of the sex scenes are quite intense in Sequin in a Blue Room. So it's kind of just like always having that awareness that you're not just messing around. What were some of those conversations like for a first feature? Because you obviously want to make a splash. Yeah, that's true. I think there was definitely never a question of it being unsimulated. It was always going to be, um, you know, 100% acting. Um, and I guess, yeah, like the primary thing for us was just making sure that everyone was comfortable um, in the scenes and and really mapping it out down to like the most specific things about what would be shown, where hands would be, where body parts would be. So why should people go and see Secret in a Blue Room and Suburban Wildlife? It's both directors' first features and you can tell in like the best way in that, you know, we've come from this film school world of seeing all this stuff that's come before us and kind of wanting to do something different and... Um, make a splash, like you said. So I think they're really unique, um, especially in the Australian landscape. They're kind of, I don't think we've seen anything quite like either of them before. Um, But at the same time, I think they're really impressive. I think if you think about the budget and the experience of the crew, watching it is kind of amazing to see like what we pulled off Mm. for what we had. I have a quote here that I wrote myself. (laughs) Uh, Sophie Hatch, Canberran filmmaker, Mm. first time... Canberra Filmmaker had two debut features in the Sydney Film Festival. Can we use that as a quote? We can absolutely use that. Can we vouch for that? We can vouch for that. Um, no so- one ever brings up Canberra and that's like such a... Well, well, Andre would too. And you also have a cameo by a bunch of Canberrans in mm. suburban. What's more suburban wildlife than grumpy Canberra? Hey, am I right? Absolutely. <laughs> Sophie Hatch, Canberran film producer, who's showing Sequin in a Blue Room and Suburban Wildlife at the Sydney Film Festival this year. Suburban Wildlife uh, still has tickets left, unlike, unlike Sequin, but it is selling out quickly. If you want to get along to that one, get on it. Now, Jack and Andre, we have a giveaway to attend to. Jack and I both love Sweet Bones, the famous <laughs> vegan cafe in Canberra. I also love Cienzo, mega fan. That's right, but let's let's not jump to conclusions. Let's, not jump let's to hear conclusions. a few of these. Okay, okay? cool. Well, there's our pick for now. <laughs> uh, pros, roundabouts. That's a pro for roundabout. Con Scomo. Oh. That's from Katie. A lot of people it. saying they don't like the roundabouts, but not Katie. She's into it. She's into it. Wrong way, go back. Earlwood. Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> Everett in Earlwood. You say Mooseheads bottom floor. Con Mooseheads top floor. Ange, do you know what that is I'm about? I'm so sorry, Cienzo, but we're changing our results <laughs> and we're going to have to go with Mooseheads. Mooseheads is the most notorious hetero club in Canberra and it's kind of like a rite of passage for any person that's not a tank top wearing muscle jock to go to Mooseheads. And it's where I had my year 12 after party. And let's just say I didn't get laid that night, but it's dangerous. <laughs> David Fairburn, Canberra Pro, houses have no front fences. Con, Canberra has politicians. I'm sorry, Mooseheads it is, Mooseheads it is, Mooseheads it is. I'm a, I'm a born and bred Canberra. Why, I want to know and, and why, Andre, the bottom floor over the top floor. So the bottom floor is like the bar area, top floor is the dance area, and upstairs, it's just, it's it's like the, it's like the, I was about to say the academy, it's like the ivy room of Canberra. Okay, great. And it's scary. We've got one more here. Pro lefty veg eco-cultural stronghold full of quiet overachievers, that's the pro. That's the pro, yeah. And con public servants are boring AF, okay. sleeping emoji. Well, is that a supporter? Unfortunately, not a supporter. Uh, the 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 thing is with FBI, we can only give out prizes to you if you donate financially to the station. Although we have loved 
getting and reading out all of your texts about your pros and cons of Canberra. But the winner of the Sydney Film Festival Double Pass will have to go to someone who has uh, donated a little bit of money to the station by heading along to fbiradio.com slash support and signing themselves up. Now, our options for that are Shaz, who said, pro, lots of lovely cafes, con, too bloody cold, Cienzo, Sweet Bones Cafe, con, no FBI signal, a strong uh, a strong lead there, mm. Jerry, pro fireworks, cons, flies in summer, and Jamie, pro, built in land, so defensible from attack, uh, and con, okay. cold in winter. Well, if it's no moose heads, then it's going to Sweet Bones. <laughs> it's going to Sweet Bones, and Cienzo, we love you, thanks for tuning in, and Sydney Film Festival is a great present, I think, to... Fully, 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 fully. Cienzo, you have won, congratulations, we will email you after the show with your tickets, and thank you to everyone who got involved. Again, if you want to win prizes on the station, make sure you're a supporter at fbiradio.com slash support. Thank you so much, Jack and Andre, for bringing in Movies, Movies, Movies today. Thank you so much for of course. having us. Have fun uh, at the Sydney Film Festival. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have more prizes to come. And uh, if you want to check out what to go and see at the Sydney Film Festival, just type into your search FBI Radio First Take and you'll see a fun little video of Jack and Andre presenting everything in full. This is Flying Lotus with The Climb. Still to clum- come. Oh. <laughs> Miley? I love that. Uh, <laughs> Flying Lotus. Uh. We have some Air Max 97 right after this. FBI 94.5 mornings. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.